Welcome back to another episode of the Free to Be podcast. We are so excited to be back with you guys and we're so overwhelmed with all the love and support we got from episode one. So thank you for that. Yeah. Hi, guys. Welcome. Welcome back. This is so exciting. It was way, way more than what we could expect. So thank you guys so much for being such a great support for us and for our channel. Uh, for today's um, topic, I thought or we thought it would be a great idea for us to take you to a journey of what it's like for us to live and work in Bali. Uh, last episode, we walked you through our journey and how we led here and I think it's a great, great continuation for it. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, we get a lot of questions, you know, being from Canada and the States about what it's like to actually live in Bali and especially during these times, it's it's even more of a different experience and Anne and I, neither of us have lived here before the whole pandemic started so I think our version and our perspective of this is going to be an experience for you guys even if you've been to Bali before that you may not have been able to see at that time so yes in the first episode we shared with you our truth and our stories and we want to give you a little insight to what it's like to live here and the type of people that you meet here and the type of people that we're going to be having on our future episodes sharing their stories and their truths because neither of us are going anywhere anytime soon so yeah, yeah. That, that is so true because and funny enough before I came here I've never been to Bali so this is my very first time being in Bali and this is my very first time being away from home for this long and I think I am so fortunate to be in Bali around this time because as you already know Bali is one of the hottest spot for travelers and it's constantly busy and I've been told that <laughs> what I take five minutes to get to right now it usually take half an hour to get across Ubud and probably like double the price to do anything that we're doing oh no doubt like, like Rent is super, super cheap for me. I don't know, like, compared to the prices Uh I was paying or, like, compared to the prices I'm seeing on booking. Yeah, me too. Mine is supposed to be, like, 25 mil. Which is, like, Uh which is, what, 2,200 USD? It's, like, it's supposed to be, like, around 2,300 United States dollars. And it is nowhere even close to that. So it's, like, yeah, I'm getting it for... For nothing and and not only that but I have you know a full staff like when you live in Bali you get um usually there's a staff like per villa everyone mm-hmm. has private villas or you stay in like a homestay mm-hmm. which is basically you live with a Indonesian family like sometimes connected to their restaurants or connected to their own homes because here in Indonesia all the families live together like their whole lives until you get married and then the woman goes and lives with I believe they go and live with the husband's family. Yeah, they do. They but do. they all live together and like all their houses are attached to each yes, other. And it's, yes. you live with your parents your whole life. Yes. And they have this compound of like 14 to 17 people, like three generations <laughs> all in one compound. Oh my God, I would never be able to I live know. I love my family, but like, do Imagine? I want to live in a compound with them? Like what if you want to have sex or something and your parents like in the room next door in the compound next door like Uh no but 
it's cool if you come to Bali for the first time to ch- to stay in a homestay. Yeah, I mean they, the locals really they have so much wisdom and they can show you around and like you can stay in a homestay for like I don't know like ten USD a month or yeah. something or a day. A day, yeah, not a month. Yeah, yeah, that's a bit much. And like their houses are beautiful. It's so yeah, it's so detailed. It really is. They yeah. have beautiful art world walls. I think I stay at a homestay for one night. My very first night here when I got to Ubud, uh-huh. I got here around like midnight, and that was the only thing that I could get. Mm-hmm. And. It's so beautiful. The people are so nice. You hear the kids laughing. You hear the rooster coming. And I, I mean, for those who is like sleeper, that's not ideal because it is loud. But it's really like it's the way to get like used to it. A Bali experience. Yes, especially for sure. okay. So in this episode, we're gonna talk to you mostly about Ubud. I mean, because that's where we both are. <laughs> And really in Bali, there's like a couple different main parts. There's like Ubud, which is the more spiritual hub. And there's Changu, there's like lots of influencers and surfers are there. And partying. And partying, yeah. This is a big party spot. Yeah, it's it's a great spot. And there's also Uluwatu as well. Definitely, definitely cliff surfer kind of vibe. Lots of Australians there. Mm-hmm. Lots of Australians and like Chengu's a lot of Russian, like more like Russian vibes. I feel yeah. it's more like Eastern European. Yeah, like lots of entrepreneurs. Yes, my sad kind of vibe in there. So depends on your cup of tea. When you first get here, I think most people either come to Ubud or Chengu. Mm-hmm. Chengu is closer to the airport, so most people stay there. Um, mm-hmm. I personally love Ubud. Me too. Uh, it, there's a lot of nature here. Mm-hmm. I mean, the people are super, super dope. <laughs> I don't know sure. what else to say about it. For sure. It's, it's, it's really like, I remember like when I flew into Denpazar mm-hmm. and when I landed, like I talked to this girl in Tulum and she's like, when you get to Bali, you're going to feel the energy shift. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel the shift of like what the energy is there when I landed I had this like sense of calmness come over me it's so quiet and it's so peaceful and the instantly it's like everyone is smiling at you like the locals are smiling all the time and they were just so friendly and so helpful I instantly felt like that like I said in the last episode just like very safe Mm -hmm. and you know and getting to Ubud I that was amazing I stayed with a local family while I did my teacher training because yeah. I just thought, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get used to a whole new country, mm. find my way around, be doing all this while training full time. And I'm really glad I did. I ended up staying with um, a really nice family, and Ilu, the mom of the family, took care of me. And, yeah, it's amazing. And I just, you know, it's such a motherly feel. Motherly. It's a very feminine energy. Mm. Yeah, I think another thing that I love about Ubud is that... Um, everyone fairly speak English here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be nice that you do know the language and you pick up the culture and such. But if you don't speak any um, any Indonesian whatsoever, it's fairly easy for you to get around in Indonesia. And that's, that's what I love. It makes it so much easier to get um, into the culture mm-hmm. and get then communicate with them. And another thing here is the main uh, religion here is Hinduism. Yeah. And 
It's so this interesting. Is different. Yeah, it's this so is, different. It's hard for to me. explain to these people like listening and back in our home countries. Like our reality is so different. Yeah, people here they do blessings like five to seven times a day. You get these little like flower baskets with incense on your porch every morning because they're blessing your space. Yeah, it's is so it's so cute. It's so cute. And I it's think so another cute. thing that opens me up as well is even though they're Hinduism, they're so acceptance of other religions mm-hmm. and other people. Like you see, you see women here, Indonesian women here, or Balinese women here, who's covered up. Right, you do. Yeah, you do. Like they don't, they don't. Especially like in Jakarta, when I quarantined. Yeah. I came downstairs in like a sports bra and shorts. Yeah. And the woman at the front desk was like, oh, "Like, come here, come here, like, cover up. Aren't you uncomfortable?" And I was like, "Well, now I am. Like, what, what did I do?" And she's like, "You can't show any skin here. The men will look at you. They will talk about you." I was like. Whoa, but th- I will say, like, it's nothing like that in Ubud. No, it's, it's nothing not like that. Like, Jakarta was so different. Yeah, Jakarta is, that's a different island for sure. And not it's a, a lot bigger island than Bali. And yeah, over here you see Indonesian women cover up and you see freaking Bule. And they call, Bule is uh, what they call white people here. <laughs> or travelers or people who's foreigners. Like an expat, yeah. Yeah. Um, you see them wearing, like, freaking sport bra and underwear That's and me. they don't care and like the <laughs> and comes over and i'm just walking yeah. around my house in my underwear like hey i'm sure uh, that every person on my uh, rice field has seen my ass like <laughs> <laughs> oh amen <laughs> oh my gosh it's um, crazy like i moved into this villa which we talked about before is like crazy amount of money if it wasn't during this lockdown and i live directly on a rice field mm-hmm. so it's really cool like before I was more of a jungle central area. Now I'm like right on the rice fields and like all around the house is nature. And yeah, it's, it's just really, it's really peaceful. And it's cool to see now they're harvesting the rice. And oh, it's, it's such so a process. Yeah. 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 And another cool thing to see is the man, they actually plant the sea and the woman harvest it. This is like, yeah, this is like even bigger than that, you know, because that's <laughs> how it really is too. And like mm. the maternal, so and symbolic, masculine and the feminine worlds. Yeah. Uh, let's pick it back on this topic and share with the listeners about daily lives here. Okay. Like, yeah. Why don't you start off? That's a great idea. What do you do day to day? I don't uh, even know. My day to day. I know you, you always are randomly popping over and it just depends <laughs> when you get here what I'm doing. But I, um. Day-to-day, oh, it looks a little bit different since I've moved into this villa because last villa, my day-to-day was waking up at, like, 5 a.m., and then for the first two hours of the day, I would sit in sadhana and meditation, and then I would... That's a long, long meditation. It is. It is. It was, like, um, basically, it wasn't all meditation, but sadhana just meant being in silence. Mm. So it was, I would spend my first hour, like, getting ready for school, And I would be quiet. So that meant like not looking at my phone, not putting on music, no distractions, just being with myself. And then I would go and I would do the meditation for an hour and then I would go into practice. Mm -hmm. Then theory, then, you know, my school day would end around six or seven. I would eat dinner and I would just practice and pass out. So that was like my first month in Bali. And then after that, I started kind of getting my feelers. I like finally took a trip to Canggu and explored and then... Um, one of my best friends from the States, Maggie, is living here, and I like to go see her on the weekends in Uluwatu. So I just get, like, a break from Ubud, too. It's 
really, really ideal for me to be here during the week because there is such minimal distractions that it's so grounding during the week. But it's nice on the weekends, you know, when it's not locked down to be able to have that freedom to go because everything, all the other surrounding cities are like an hour to two mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But okay, so like my day-to-day right now, um, I usually will wake up. I'll do my meditation. I've created like a little workspace here in the villa and I'll sit at the workspace and journal a bit, um, cook breakfast, or we have go jack or grab that you literally can just order anything from smoothies to smoothie bowls to any kind of breakfast. So I, I'll order food a lot of the time, even though I have a kitchen now and I said I was going to cook in it all the time. <laughs> Um, it's so cheap to eat out here. It, it makes is. It a it's cheaper difficult. to eat out. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I personally love cooking, so I cook every day, but I do not cook three times a day. Mm-mm. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. At least one meal out. Mm-hmm. And we have so many good cafes that we can go work oh, at. We do. So it just depends on which day of the week it is, but that's usually like my start in my morning is like a little breathwork meditation. I'll eat something set up the workspace. I really like the way that I'm working now is on a couple different passion projects, but sporadically throughout the day. Like right now it's around five o'clock our time Mm -hmm. and we're working on our podcast now. And like, that's what's nice is Anna is my neighbor. Yeah. (laughs) And all she has to do is like rock right by the rice fields and she's here in two minutes and we'll just record whenever. But our work is pretty sporadic. The only day of the week that I think Ann and I are like seriously busy where we know we can't record is Thursdays are our busy days. Yeah, I think like I was telling Brittany that um this is what I love about the things that we do here in Bali. Like time is irrelevant. It's mm-hmm. all about whatever it is that you want to do. And I love that my new path or my new career so much because it allows me to do the things that I love doing on my own term. Totally. Yeah, it gives me the flexibility and the freedom to pivot and turn and change as I go. Like, I am not fixed into a box. This is the goal. Yeah, and this is the ultimate goal. And this is the manifestations of our lives. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, my life has become a lot more leisure. I think it's taking me some time to get used to this Bali way of being. I've been here now almost four months, and it's some days I'm like, am I doing enough? Like, Mm. am I, do you know what I mean? It's like, I should, sometimes I make these tasks of things to do, and then I'm like, wait a minute, like, there's no rush for this. And this is like such a slow-paced way of being, and I come from a laid-back beach town Oh, yeah? This is another level. Like, oh, no. This like, is chill. Jeez, for me? This is leisure. Me? Like, I think I grew up in in Canada, Toronto. So it's, like, one of the busiest cities in Canada. That's different. Yeah. It's so busy. It's so fast-paced compared to what I'm experiencing here. So when I first got here, and I've been here a year and a half ago, maybe even a little bit longer than that. Yeah. But when I first got here, I'm like, coming up with a list of things I'm going to do, the things I'm going to learn. Like, what am I going to do today? You feel like you, you're so caught up in that mode of doing, doing, doing. Oh like, God, the more, yeah. the better, unconsciously. I completely, like, for the longest time, I forgot what my passion was. I forgot what is it that I really like doing. So when I first got like, to what Bali... what should I be doing? What should I be doing? Yeah. yeah. And when I first came to Bali, I started drawing again. I remember one of Aww. my leisure things to do as a kid was drawing. And I remember one time 
uh, I drew a flower in kindergarten and uh, my teacher was like, this is not good enough. And starting then, I, I don't know when I made the decision, but I made the decision that artists mean broke and unstable. That's so, kind of the energy you get from it. I mean, yeah. in movies. In movies, for in sure. In music, you know, they talk about the struggle a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you look at L.A. and the people out there that are all, it's like, you know, you want to make it in this big dream, but they make it look like artists are starving. Artists is like a saying. Yeah, like creativity doesn't worth much in the society. Yeah. I am so happy for the movement that we're currently, like, in the movement of moving forward into the creativity realm right yes. now. I think it's encouraged a lot of people to be happier and to live in their creativity and mm-hmm. happiness. And I'm so happy to be a part of that. And I'm so happy to find that for myself. Oh my gosh. Like the fact that you found this in a lifetime, like just to be around the people that have similar goals and to be able to create this life of leisure. Like I truly think about it now. Like it's only been four months for me and I'm slowing down more and more every day. Like, and, and in some way too, doing more, yeah, doing so- more, but in, in a more simplistic and easeful way. Yeah. I think like, it's not that we are not doing, but we're doing things that more aligned to our goals and moving forward in a way that matters. And prioritizing the inner work. Yes. Like yes. these, you know, I, one of my mantras recently has been rest is productive. Oh, yes. And it is. Yeah, and we don't do enough of that. When you bring yourself back to the center and you give yourself the rest you need, you know, you're 10 times more effective in anything that you're trying to do. Yeah. And like... That's one thing I wish I could tell. Like, if I could go back and tell my younger self, I'd be like, rest is productive, babe. Mm. You have a lot more time than you think you do. I think there's this pressure in your 20s, like, oh, I have to do it all now. Like, Mm. I have to become it all now. Yeah, yeah. And then you realize it's like, I think the older you get, like, for me at least, it's like, I don't know. I'd rather just be enjoying what I'm doing than even be, you know, I'm not doing this podcast or doing anything for clout or for recognition and, and anything like that i i really don't care about that the older i've gotten oh i know do you know what i mean like remember those stupid shit we used to care when we were younger stupid as shit yeah i was in a waka flocka music video girl <laughs> like back in the day i was in like rap videos no yes i did some wild Can we shit please use that photo as a display photo for this episode i mean we'll see how please. it goes okay. <laughs> okay fine do you know who Waka Flocka is no but i heard of it i don't think i've seen a picture of them but i've heard of them yes <laughs> yeah this is yeah this is way way different yeah i think that's another thing i love about is the self-care community mm. it's like a cultural norm this is different here yes yes self-care is like the high it's the focal point of everything oh, people yes. here take their self-care so seriously and i think it's almost inevitable that you evolve into that mm-hmm. self-care mode yourself just by being around you know everybody looking after themselves so well mm-hmm. and i really think like being in tulum and it being this spiritual vortex and people saying they were spiritual and then you know their lifestyles were partying and you know struggling and all of this and not to take anything away from them like they were all doing they were all trying so was I but people here really living in their dharma Mm. like they are 
really getting up in the morning and doing breath work every day. Oh, yeah. They are really eating vegan and clean. Yeah. They are really getting a massage. Yeah. Like twice a week. Oh, I love it. Massage is so good here. Yeah, People like... just come to your house and... And yeah, like everyone has their own masseuse on WhatsApp. And you like, just text yes, them just and touch me. Yeah, they like, just. Oh, no. Yes. I texted Anne today. Yeah. I'm on my moon cycle. And that's something like the actual moon cycle and then the women's moon cycle are two things that are super highly recognized here, too. Like this past new moon, the Lionsgate portal was celebrated like a holiday here in Ubud. Oh, yes. So much workshops and events and. But it's like I texted the group of women that we have in our the consciousness group, and I said, you know, I'm on my moon cycle. Like, mm-hmm. does anyone have recommendations? And it's like meditations and use this oil and use this. And, and it's just that self-care. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For me, Ubud is like a breather. Mm-hmm. It's like like you're breathing every day, but when you're in Ubud, it's like this conscious long breath that you take if you know if you ever done that if you're like getting busy into your day and you just take a moment to take a deep breath ubud is the representation of that deep breath for me wait i just needed one right now (laughs) i can hear that (laughs) this is nice yeah yeah and i think that's what ubud is to me and self-care here in ubud is like it's not just about getting up and doing the work. It's about the overall well-being of a person. Even yeah. from the food here is incredible. Yes, this, this is true. The food. It's like, if you're, oh my God, I think it has like four or five different raw food restaurants around Ubud. And like countless juice bar, it's crazy. I mean, honestly, it's super common to like, here people are like, oh, like, I can't come out today. Like, I'm on my cleanse. Or, you know, I'm doing just a water fast where people will just drink water for days. Or juice cleanses are huge. You call, mm. like, everyone has juice cleanses on speed dial. And yes. you can call, like, Alchemy or, you know, any of these bars and the juice bars. And they will come and they will deliver your juices and you'll juice for, like, three days. You'll do yeah. a fast. And speaking of juice bar, it's a freaking mental challenge. Yes, I've done this. I did oh my God. two since they've been here. Both were three days. And the first one was incredible and I felt amazing after and tons of energy. The second one, I felt really tired and drained after and I think it's because I did it too close to my moon cycle. Honestly. So there's like specific times that I think this oh is my good God. for you. I don't know, but honestly, I felt like I almost punched Jordan in the face when I did that. <laughs> I'm like, don't eat next to me. Like, this is crazy. Yes, yeah, so maybe you should schedule this the same time that your partner's doing it because if they're sitting there eating a big meal, you're, you may want to... Oh my god, like the addiction to food that we carry as the whole culture is real. It is very real. Oh my god. Yeah, Yeah. it is very real. You can learn a lot from a cleanse. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's common for people here to cleanse and, you know, all the the way from colonics to just detoxing everything. You learn so much. I'm like, holy crap, that's how much crap I hold inside of me. It's crazy. I know, I know. It's interesting. It's like people here, you know, on the weekends are like, what are you up to? And it's like, oh, you know, like, so your typical, well, actually, before before we talk about the weekends and like, let's go into um, a little bit more of our day to day because I didn't really finish what I do day to day. I got into like my morning stuff, but um, I also am really fortunate right now to be teaching here in Ubud. So uh, every once in a while, I'll teach a class online. Uh, but I'm teaching at this little town that's built in the middle of Ubud. It's like mostly Russian owned, but it's a it's its own campus. Like mm. envision a college campus, but just with 
investors and creatives and entrepreneurs and it's this like it's its own campus it's its, it's own a town huge resort yeah with community base it's all it's like co-working the yeah. sauna the workshops you can live there there's three restaurants and then i teach yoga there yeah there's podcast studio there oh yeah which we have not recorded there yet but it's beautiful it's magnificent yeah it's really really cool yeah there's a huge olympic pool there <laughs> there's like kids out? club yeah you there's can like go a to volleyball court it's crazy yeah like yeah. a huge gym it's it's amazing so i'm teaching there and, and i spend a lot of time there as well as Anne does too mm-hmm. and it's like where we co-work usually or like if you just want to feel like you're not in bali or ubud you can go there and you feel like it's kind of like its own reality, really. It's its own built thing. And, and at any point in time, you can see people just like creating things or meeting over coffee or like a drone flying over or, you know, it's just, it's really got it all. Yeah, it's such an inspirational space. And really? I think that's probably, or it is the reason why I decided to host my conscious creator club there. A hundred percent. And that's why I wanted to teach there. Oh, yes. Because I was like, this is cool. I'm the only English teacher. Everyone else teaches in Russian. But um, it's been really, really awesome. I really like how they kind of just let you, you... Basically, you can work there, but you're working for yourself. Yeah. Like, you'll be like, oh, I'm a yoga teacher. And it's like, I'm hosting workshops. And we check in with somebody every once in a while just to share yeah. our schedules. Yeah. So, like, it is working for ourselves, but with, like, um, kind of like a platform to do so in person. Yes, it definitely is. It's like a hub. It's totally a hub. It's yeah. a creative hub. I'm so grateful yeah. that we have that here. It's very yeah. new. So besides that, what's your evening like? What is your mm. dating life like? Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. So my evenings, um, honestly, I don't know why, but I've started going to bed like at, at like 8, 30, 9 o'clock every night. When you get up that early, yes, that's Th- This normal. is like ubu time, though, too. This yeah. is another thing. The time here doesn't make sense. Our days feel a lot longer because mm. the sun is out longer than it is on the other hemisphere. So our days feel longer and it's like by 8 or 9 p.m. I'm so satisfied with what I've done in the day and it's been so hot and just I'm in bed early and that my evenings are super chill. I'm usually like my friends and my family in the States are waking up around this time. So I'll usually do at least like one or two FaceTime calls, usually with my dad and then usually with a friend and we'll catch up and if I have any things to do in the states i make my phone calls for that and then i just chill it girl i relax and i'm in bed early what are, what are your evenings like well when i'm listening to you i feel like guilty because i do <laughs> not call my family every single day no no a lot of people i do don't, not and i haven't always been like that this is a phase i'm going through because yeah. you know i've been homesick yeah that's so true i too. think for me it's like i when i get homesick yeah. it's and you're new here. I think you just moved here. And for me, I've been here for like a year and a half. And I think people back home are getting used to me living here. Yeah. And they're not checking on me every single day. Like, my mom used to be so worried. She's like... She's not checking on me either. No. No. My mom knows I'm fine. She's like, Brittany will call me if she needs me. <laughs> She's too busy. No. And um, and in Tulum, I really... I was so busy. Like, still in that states mentality of doing so much. I, I hardly talked to anyone. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. went like that whole like few months there of not talking to people so I think now that I have slowed down with my life so much it's just something that I want to do Mm, I'm like okay there's been a lot of time that I haven't let me bring like this was on my manifestation board for the new moon was like 
closer yeah. relationships with mm-hmm. with people that I maybe didn't make enough time for. Yeah, connections for sure. Yeah. Like for me, my evening usually um, with Jordan, my boyfriend. Yeah, you're we, dating someone too. This is yeah. Like... We often have dinner together. I think most of the time we mm-hmm. have dinner together. We would um, do a little activity together regardless of it's like we would like a candle do some yoga or neural movement and then we just do our own thing we do some reading and then we go to bed that's really nice yeah and i think another thing that people misunderstood about ubud is that people here are very spiritual but there is a party scene here and the night that i really though because i'm not in this oh definitely there is like i mean the nights that i don't spend with jordan i definitely out hanging out with my friends yeah drinking this yes. is true. Yeah. If I'm going to party, I'm in Uluwatu. Oh. Um, I'm going there. But, like, no, I've, I think I've had, like, one party night here with you guys. Mm. And this was a house party. This yeah. was at a villa. Oh, yeah, that was during lockdown. Maybe we shouldn't broadcast that. <laughs> oh, my God, lockdown. <laughs> lockdown. Our lockdown is interesting. Yeah. But for me, like, usually my morning, I get up super early. I mean, by super early, I mean, like, 6.30, 7 o'clock. This is good. Yeah, and Jordan gets up a little bit after me so um in the morning we like our own space so we do our own thing Mm -hmm. i do short meditations i do many short meditations throughout the day as opposed to jordan he likes yeah like but i think it's different for people because jordan does a longer meditation in the morning so yeah so i think that's what most people do for me i think it's more effective for me to check in throughout the day with the little meditation Mm -hmm. And then I will do uh, some body movement, whether it's hit, working out, or just yoga, whatever it is to move my body, move the energy. Totally. And then I go out and have coffee and sit with favorite myself and day. do my work. That's my favorite part of the day. Me too. And Jordan would have the place for the morning. And then I would come home around lunchtime. He either... He either uh, be leaving for lunch or we be meeting for lunch and then we come home together. Mm-hmm. And then in the evening, that's our time together. That's so nice. Like, cause I feel like a lot of couples here or like a lot of couples in lockdown in general probably have a lot of time together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's important that you guys are creating these schedules even though you work for yourselves and you live together and you're in a lockdown. This is like so beneficial. Oh, so good. I think at the beginning when we first got here, I wasn't able to... I didn't know how to use the scooter. So we would spend... Oh, scooter is a vital thing here. I was driving one the whole time in Tulum. So that's why when I came here and my scooter in Tulum was a piece of shit. So like it was breaking down all the time and it was like heavy and old. So when I got here and I had a scooter with cup holders, like a little scooper (laughs) that was like fast and it worked i was like oh this is a cake and pie what yeah when i was in Tulum, i was riding the bicycle oh i started with a bicycle and then i was living there and i was like oh no 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 no, 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 no it's no, not no. working this was just i mean it was hot and i was bicycling like miles to the grocery store oh and i my was like God. this is this is unrealistic like this i was is so inconvenient i was so fit in Tulum because of how much i used the That's bicycle true, me too. Yeah. yeah yeah but i mean you can use the bicycle here but at the end of the day the scooter is much faster i never see anyone on bikes there's a, a, there's bike a bicycle club, club. yeah <laughs> like there's not, a club for that yes, there's a club, there's a club for, for everything yes <laughs> you like tea there's a club for that you like yeah. biking there's a yeah. club for that gardening 
club for that. Yeah. Conscious female entrepreneurs, sign us up. Got it. There's a club for that. Yeah, and I think I feel like we can go on and on about how much we love Ubud. Let's let's side let's let's switch to what don't you like about Ubud? What are the ugly truths? Is that the community, the country itself, is struggling in terms of financially because it was a tourist country. Like mm-hmm. main of their source of income, the main source of income is from travel and tourism, and right now they are getting a big hit. Mm-hmm. And the locals are struggling. And I am so proud to share with you that my friends, a few of my friends who um who are amazing women and men around here. Are doing a charity to help feed these locals in need, mm-hmm. and every week we get together, and we get a huge amount of food, and we distribute it around Ubud and other cities around us, and we like to leave a link below for you to check them out, and if you like to donate, that's so much appreciated. Even anything like five or ten dollars will feed a family. Yeah, multiple families, really, like just small amounts. So we'll leave the. The PayPal for that in the in the description, and you know, like right now in Ubud, it's you know you see a lot of tragedy, and there is the Banjar, which is basically like they are like the local governments, and right now, you know, as a foreigner, it's been kind of a rocky time because you know we're all here on visas, social visas, tourist visas, uh, business visas, and then there's Kitas, which is like you have the ability to work in Bali. Um, but you know, people have been getting their visas re- revoked or deported just for, you know, having their mask around their chin, or you know, now they're really starting to enforce the vaccine traveling to different parts of Bali. So it has been more of a, an interesting time. But uh, we went on lockdown for a few weeks and couldn't eat in restaurants and stuff. But that's lifted. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like people really being able to travel back here, you know, you don't know when that's going to be. So we want to try to help these families out with, and you, if you guys want to be a part of that, you know. We, we would love to have you guys participate as well. Yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, it is still the pandemic. It is, And yeah. the country is coping with it. It's a third world country. Yeah. And, and as much as you know, we, we have staff on site that comes and helps us with our laundry, with our food, with our massages, with all of that. And there is the, like, really beautiful self-care, bougie aspect of Bali. There is, you know, you can't deny the fact that the country is in dire need of, of help. And yeah. So, you know, because we can't be going back and forth from the States and Canada right now, um, if you guys want to be a part of that mission, you have the opportunity as well. And, you know, can be a part of it. And maybe the girls can do like a live stream so you can see what they're actually doing in the day if we get some people from some different countries participating. So, yeah. And, you know. Yeah. And also, like, there are so many other people and there's so many other parts of the world that's also struggling with this as well and there are so many beautiful stories of people giving and contributing to those in need and I think that is so beautiful it really is so heartfelt it's really so if you're one of those people we'd like to thank you as well for being a part of the solution and not a part of the problem absolutely yeah yeah okay so one more thing I wanted to talk about before we close up is weekends in that side of the world in the in North America compared to weekends here. <laughs> it's a world of a difference, you know. This is how our community socializes consciously versus, you know, just 
getting together in groups. I know back in the States, it was like we'd get together and we'd party, which was so fun. You know, mm-hmm. ladies' night, champagne, all of that. But um, here, you know, a, a typical weekend out is you go to an ecstatic dance and it's sober. And people are just dancing freely and wild. And there's a DJ. It's almost like a party, but without any substance, which I think is really, really beautiful because you're talking on a, you know, a more conscious level. And at first it takes a minute to get used to if you're used to partying to Mm -hmm. socialize. It's different. And, and, you know, I like on the weekends, I go to sound baths and sound healings and cacao ceremonies and tea ceremonies and yoga and just, yeah, the ecstatic dance. So it's kind of like the party for Ubud. And, you know, in the States, at least it's a lot of alcohol involved. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's what we mostly associate with when we think of party is drinking and being on drugs. And I mean, at the end of the day, Ubud or Indonesia or Bali is not for everybody. It's which not. Is, it is definitely not for everybody. And if you happen to find interest in our stories and in our ways of living, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a place for you to, if you are on your spiritual journey, mm-hmm. I think Ubud is a great place for you to excel that. Come get a water purification. Oh, yeah, water We've got purification. many temples here, like waterfalls, where you can just come and cleanse your karma and start mm-hmm. over. Yeah. And, uh, you know, drugs are highly, highly prohibited, highly illegal, mm-hmm. um, all the way from weed to, like, the harder stuff. But people come here to get clean, too. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool. Yeah. And I mean, like, just like any other parts of the world, any other country in the world, there's people suffering everywhere. There's alcoholics here. There's yeah. drug addicts here. Yeah. There's single mothers here. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere, mm-hmm. you know? So if you're... The thing is, I feel like if you are running away from something, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that once you get here, that will leave you as well. Yeah. You are the only and for sure the only com- common denominator in all of this life Where situations go, and equations. Yeah. yeah. You can change the place you live. You can change the partners that you're with. You can change the job that you're in. But you're going to have to take yourself with you. So it's up to you to decide what kind of reality do you want to live? What kind of person do you want to become? Totally. Yeah, I think it's it's a good start, though, in your healing path. Oh, for sure. This is something that you're interested in or you're into yoga and you're a teacher or, you know, that's the great thing. And those are the kind of people that we want to be interviewing on the upcoming episodes are people that are here and you'll see a lot of healers Mm -hmm. um breathwork facilitators sound healing facilitators um almost every person you meet is on an entrepreneurial journey everyone's an entrepreneur in their own right and in kind of their own unique conscious way Mm -hmm. um so those are the kind of people we want sharing their stories with you guys so you can get inspired wherever you're at in the world and wherever you're listening that you know you can make this happen and if you want a community of more spiritual like-minded people we're out here Um, If you guys have any questions or anything you want to know more about this episode or our first episode, we are going to be doing an Instagram Live soon on our at free to be podcast Instagram. So if you haven't followed us there, follow us there for updates. And, you know, don't hesitate to send us a DM with some questions. And we'll leave all the links in the bio about anything we've talked about in this episode. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, in our next week's episode... We, uh, we will be releasing that on Sunday as well. So a week from today, next Sunday, we'll be releasing the next episode. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I just want to share that 
I um like I shared in the first episode, I started my career out as a business. I went into business first, and the concept of business of like people who are hungry, people who are belittling people, um, that was my mindset of what entrepreneurship is. So I didn't want any part of it. So I was searching for something more, and I have to say, the entrepreneurship here. Is so much different. Conscious leadership. It's conscious leadership for sure, and that's where my work rooted in. I want to help create more conscious entrepreneurship, and you I are think doing that. Yeah. Yes, I am doing that, and I think that's ultimately how we can change the world by having more successful, passionate, and big-hearted people in power.、Mm-hmm. Because right now, the people who are in powers are not very passionate in what they do. Yeah. Yeah. And we make the most difference when we are in our passion, living、yeah. it, and being successful at it. Yeah, Bali is definitely like the new earth. People、yes. call it. It's like the place where people have come who have broken the societal chains and just want to create conscious community. And it's honestly such a beautiful thing and such a gift and an honor to be here experiencing this with everybody else and co-creating this new type of reality with everyone here. And、mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for it. And So grateful to share it with you guys, wherever you are.、Um, this is this is the now, and this is where, you know, there is power here, and you have a voice. So, yeah, share it for sure. And if you guys have any more questions or more curious about entrepreneurship and passionate entrepreneurship, feel free to send us the questions. We're more than happy to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, we'll be going live and. Just stay tuned with the updates. Give us a follow. Give us a like if you like this. Share with your friends. We appreciate you. We love you. Namaste.